brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey there, Junior Adventurers. It's me, Steve, and I'm just going to take a moment of your time to tell you about Anchor.fm. Do you want to record a podcast? Of course you do. It's great. Well, Anchor.fm has everything you need to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. And once you're done recording, it will help you distribute to all the major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Jamboree. I just made that one up, but you get the idea. Not only is Anchor completely free to use, it also allows you to monetize your podcast with no minimum listener requirement. It is everything you need to run a podcast in one place, and it is easy to use. And if it wasn't, I wouldn't be using it. You've heard the podcast, you know I'm not that smart. So download the free app or go to anchor.fm to start your podcast adventure. That's anchor.fm. Maybe I'll say it again just to be annoying, anchor.fm. Okay, enjoy the show. Welcome to another side quest, the podcast between the regular Orphans and Dragons podcasts, where we sometimes play other games that aren't our usual game, and sometimes we just talk a big old load of bollocks. And today is one of those times where we talk a big old load of bollocks. My name's Steve Weverell. I'll be hosting today because Drew is off gallivanting in Las Vegas. But worry not, because we have here with us Rick Waltieri. Robert Bevan and John Hartness. Say hello, guys. Hello, hello guys. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. Oh. I'm bitter because I'm, bitter I'm not in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> you have a right to be bitter about that. We can all be angry at Drew for yeah, as I, long as we want. He's maybe, not maybe, maybe we should change this side quest to just bitching about Drew because he's in Vegas. If I was going to talk about it every time I was angry that I wasn't in Vegas, that's all I'd ever talk about. <laughs> Well, this is a very loose format. We can just sit here and slag off Drew behind his back if we want. 
I doubt he. I doubt he listens to these things. I've never really wanted to go to Vegas, and especially now after seeing Leprechaun Three. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every casino that they showed in the shot of the strip in the opening credits for Leprechaun Three has been torn down because of that movie. <laughs> I I think maybe during. The filming of that movie, <laughs> and, and I'm th- I'm thinking the opposite. I've I've been to Vegas before, but having seen Leprechaun Three, now I want to go back again because obviously I missed the good parts. There's so I, much I missed. I want to find I want to find you know a, a pawn shop where I can just walk in, see a dead body, call the cops, steal some gold, and nobody cares. And then go back a little while later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still dead. Still no cops. I think that's probably every pawn shop everywhere. <laughs> I used to go to Vegas three or four times a year when I was writing about poker and playing poker all the time, and I miss it. How <sighs> many pawn shop owners did you kill, John, in your adventures? I Was it more than three? I will only admit to not killing any. Well, that's probably sensible. Yes. Well, well, there's a reason you don't go back, because you're obviously doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not admitting to killing any pawn shop owners anywhere. Well, now that we've got that all on the record safely, let's uh, kick things off. Uh, normally with SideQuest, we like to start off with a little something called the hot take. Oh no, we changed the name, didn't we? Uh, we call it the bonus action, which is a much cooler name. But it's essentially a hot take. Uh, Boner action? Odor action? Boner uh, action? Bonus action. Oh, Boner action is a, <laughs> is, a, is a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> At least a different side quest. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it's every adventure when Klaus doesn't have anything better to do. And welcome to the inside quest with the boner action. <laughs> and for the record, fuck you, Bevan. I got gnome porn because of you. I did too. <laughs> yeah. I was sent gnome porn and I blame you. I thought he sent it to the group. Did he send it yeah. to everybody individually? Yeah, he, said, yeah, he did. No, That's I nice. sent it back to the group. Because oh, all right. misery loves company. Yeah, which, which makes me think that we, we, we have some bizarre combination of both the best and the worst listeners. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. All in one. They're going to expect that now that we've mentioned it. <laughs> well, <laughs> if they ask very nicely, we may add an NSFW channel to the patreon no 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 you know what i'm thinking (laughs) joe's in charge of the live blog that should be his job to post (laughs) (laughs) joe's is now executive producer in charge of known porn (laughs) we can just do like like millisecond flickers of it on uh on our on our youtube channel subliminal (laughs) known porn like fight club (laughs) i don't remember the known porn in fight club well, they had, they had lesser, but they had human porn, boring oh. old human porn. There's porn in Fight Club. Am I the only one who watched Fight Club here, or at least watched it properly? Yeah, apparently, you're the only one who watched it properly, frame by frame. I love the idea of doing it subliminally because I just, I would love our listeners to be like, oh, I just watched this week's episode of Walk the Dragons, and suddenly I really want, I want a really short woman hanging off my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking out in the garden, you know, <laughs> Granny's ornaments. Never really noticed them before. 
Are there times when you guys don't want short women hanging off your dicks? I mean, just putting it out there. Well, during during my morning walk, that would be <laughs> <laughs> burdensome. More exercise. Yeah, I was going to say that, but that burns extra calories. <laughs> You're exercising for two. It's a whole new exercise fad. <laughs> <laughs> so was that our boner action? That was definitely our boner action. No important. <laughs> but uh, we should probably do the actual bonus action we had planned. I don't know. We could just, uh, we could do what we want. Drew's not here. We can talk about no porn <laughs> for hours. Our, our shit canoe has no captain today. <laughs> well, as, as, as if Drew would actually stop us from talking about no porn. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably uh, just, yeah. yeah. Let, 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 let's not put him on, on some um, hot, on some moral pedestal here. <laughs> I think between the four of us, we don't have enough morals to build a fucking footstool, much less a pedestal. Drew's <laughs> well, pretty, pretty tall. He's his, he's his own pedestal. He puts on shoes as their pedestals. Yeah. I need me a gnome girl and a footstool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't footstool the goblin on the boat? Off oh, now, now we know where he got that name Not from. the footstool. <laughs> oh, now, now I, now goblins banging gnome girls. <sighs> uh, well, we've had enough fan art for one month, John. Let's not give him any inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure well, if we can go back to our regular bonus action now. I'm not sure. <laughs> we seem to set a, a discussion bar here. It is relevant to our main theme today, so let's uh, let's discuss our bonus action, bonus action, and then we'll get to the main theme, which will probably involve gnome porn again. Uh, okay, bonus action. Have you guys seen the Captain Marvel trailer? Yes, very recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm phrasing this as a question, so it appears more naturalistic and. Uh, you know, so our listeners feel like they're part of a conversation. But yes, I have just made Robert Bevan watch the Captain Marvel uh, trailer. All right, seeing as you're, you've watched it the most recently, uh, Bevan, what were your thoughts on the Captain Marvel trailer? I was a little distracted while I was watching it, uh, but um, I saw, I guess, I, I don't know, Captain Marvel. Is that the, the woman that was in it? Yes. I'm going to assume so. Um, <laughs> I saw her punch the shit out of an old lady on a subway. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that is exactly the takeaway i got the first time i watched it as well well did you have any other impress- impressions or was that just old lady that's things? that's all that really stuck i uh i don't know the, the rest of it was just like a hodgepodge of things happening she like fell into a blockbuster video and and there's some like you know she's playing little league baseball and then there's then she punched the shit out of an old lady in a subway. Don't get me wrong. If the movie is just like a couple of hours of Brie Larson beating the shit out of elderly people on public transport, I'm still very much down for that. Yeah. That's actually, that might be the only thing that entices me to go see it. If it was yeah, that, yeah. that. Otherwise, I don't really care. It'd be a bold new direction for the Marvel Universe, I think. So, so here's the plot. She crashes into a blockbuster. Then she goes play, plays a little little league. And she gets... She's just pissed off. She spends an hour and a half beating up old people on the subway. That was the umpire's wife, I guess. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I I would watch that shit opening weekend at least twice. 
until like 15 minutes ago. I didn't know there was a Captain Marvel. Am I the only person that gets Brie Larson, who's going to play Captain Marvel, and Alison Brie, who's in Glow, constantly confused? Um, yeah, you might be. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I know Alison Brie. I didn't. I didn't hear about Brie Larson until just now. All you got to remember is Brie Larson is the one that hates old people. <laughs> And the other one was in Glow. All right. I don't know how the other one feels about old people. She might hate them too, but just not as uh, expressively. Or at least not in the Captain Marvel trailer. Hmm. I don't think that was footage from the trailer. I think that was just her on her way to shooting. (laughs) Nah, she wasn't wearing the costume, like going to the shoot. Saves time, doesn't it? A A method actress. And those costumes are like skin-tight pleather, so getting into that shit at home would be way easier. Yeah, I think it was Michelle Pfeiffer who advised everybody who uh, worked on a Batman film to get an inbuilt trapdoor in the costume. Because <laughs> uh, they're just too difficult to take off. So, you know, if I was Brie Larson, I'd just leave it on. You can't smell film, so... <laughs> and just keep it snapped up in the back there. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I saw a guy at a in a Green Lantern costume that was better than the Ryan Reynolds one from the movie at a Comic Con one day. One at one day, and it was June, at about four in the afternoon. So it was a thousand degrees outside, and I looked at him and I'm like, "Dude, how do you pee in that?" And he says, "I haven't had a drink since seven o'clock this morning. I'm going to die soon." <laughs> Desperately not trying to pee in it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reminding me about that. I wonder if it's just like, it just inflates like a water balloon when he does eventually piss himself. Or if it, I don't know. I don't know how the physics on that would work. Well, I, I think with Green Lantern, suddenly you start going, oh no, oh no, I'm filling up with yellow, my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, all your powers are shorted out when you piss yourself. <laughs> I'm okay. I just have very swollen feet. Wait a minute. Is that why? Is that why yellow's the color of fear? I've never put that together before, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I hadn't put it together before either. I've also never considered it before. Well, thanks for solving that one, Rick. I feel I feel educated, which is uh, how everyone listening to this podcast should. You know, come away with a bit of free education every week. It's the least we can do. So, t- so take that away, kiddies. If you actually take time out of your day to piss, it means you're a little pussy. <laughs> oh, god damn it! I was channeling my inner Joe. <laughs> I'm actually with Bevan. Uh, back to Captain Marvel. I don't know much about the character. I used to. Re- comics kind of later 90s early 2000s and for most of the time Captain Marvel was just kind of a footnote in Rogue's origin stories and then when she came back she was the the alcoholic and somewhat angry warbird and I haven't really caught up with her since Oh, that. I forgot about that. Well yeah, she was Miss Marvel first, then she was in a coma for several years, then she was Warbird Oh, actually, no, then she was Binary, then she was Warbird, and then she was Captain Marvel, which should just tell you, I just have absolutely no life because I know that much. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I liked her as Warbird. Uh, I haven't really caught up with her after that. Um, I I just kept getting confused because there was blonde white Captain Marvel, then there was blonde white chick Captain Marvel, and then there was black Captain Marvel, black chick Captain Marvel. And I'm like, God damn it. I think they're a bit names, like, people. They're a bit like Green Lanterns in uh, several different people can beat them. Well, it, it also doesn't help that there was DC, D, DC's Shazam Captain Marvel. Mm. Yeah, that fucked me up too. And Marvel. And the trailer for that looks amazing. That does look good, yeah. Really, I thought it didn't look all that hot. <laughs> like it looks, it looks, I... it looks cute. Like you know, maybe funny wise, but it just kind of gives off that hi, we're DC, and you just know this is not going to be that good vibe. The impression I got from it was, oh, here's a DC movie that I might actually have. You know, I might actually not leave the cinema depressed that I actually watched. I might have a bit of fun watching this movie rather than you know. Just wish yeah. Superman would die already, and then maybe he'll be happy. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Like, this might be the first DC movie that doesn't want me to either commit suicide or mass murder. Well, I had a rumor that um, the reason Henry Cavill isn't being Superman anymore, if he indeed he isn't, is because he just didn't want to appear in the Captain Marvel movie. It might have been down to scheduling conflicts, but that to me says they're going to try and uh, marry up the Captain Marvel film with the uh, fucking waste of film DC universe. So that should be fun. And yet, and yet they're still producing a Joker movie that has nothing to do with the rest of the DC universe, You know, which tells you that they either don't know what they're doing, they don't care, or they probably don't care that they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's D, all of the above. Just keep on churning out movies and eventually we'll have something like a Marvel franchise. Just make Greg Berlanti the Kevin Feige of DC. Because he runs all the CW shows and they, except for Black Lightning, they all tie in well. And most of them aren't god-awful. <laughs> That's a stunning indictment. <laughs> Not god-awful. I mean, it is for, for DC movies. I mean, it's. I can't say that about the movies. Most of them are god awful. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do is they're they're going with the concept that if we hire a thousand monkey directors and shoot a thousand films, eventually we'll get another Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, no. But I think the I thought that there were some interesting things in the Captain Marvel trailer. A blockbuster hmm. that kind of locks you right into a period. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's in the nineties, isn't it? Yeah. Um, How do we feel about revisiting the 90s through the magic of superhero movies? Yeah, it's fine. I smoked a lot of weed in the 90s. I'm okay to go back to that. From a comic yeah. book geek perspective, I'm super excited about this movie. Because, like, Guardians of the Galaxy was, like, was awesome for me because it explored Marvel's cosmic side. And Marvel has a huge, like, you know, like, backlist of, like, of stories that just happen elsewhere in the universe with like all these like different races and war and warring empires and shit, and the Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of cool, in that like you know yeah like hey they're they're off doing their thing, but they're kind of like a group group of schlubs, whereas Captain Marvel is like you know she kind of represents kind of like the top tier of like heroes, who like you know goes in there in places where the Guardians of the Galaxy are like nope no, they just nope the fuck out of that and she just punches the shit out of it, so yeah, but on the other hand, 
it's kind of what I like about the Marvel movies is, and what I like about the Marvel comics in general, is they are kind of schlubby and wacky and, uh, you know, kind of misfitty. Uh, I don't think I want a Superman equivalent just kind of rocking on in and sorting everyone's shit out. Well, I, I agree, and I like that aspect, but I also like the other aspect, which is that when I watch a super, like, like as awesome as Black Panther is, Sometimes when I sit down and watch a superhero movie, I want to see people punching buildings out. <laughs> I want to see like you know, I want I want to like you know, I want to go in there and be a, like a, and and just have my mind blown as like a special effects whore. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But I mean, the cool the cool thing is they really like like Captain Marvel, like you know Carol Danvers, the character. She's definitely not Superman because this is like a character who's just just been through a lot of shit. Like one 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 arc had her being mind raped and giving birth to a child. Another, she's been an alcoholic. She's been comatose. This this is somebody with like a lot of, like a lot of dirt. She's definitely not like you know the whole the whole well we must only do good and for the sake of good like Superman or at least the way Superman's supposed to be not like current not not like current here. Let me punch let me punch you to death, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how much of that is going to be in the movie. To be fair, the trailer doesn't show us a lot. It's all right, I was, was going to ask. That, that all wasn't in the trailer, was it? Because uh, yeah. I missed it. Uh, <laughs> all right. No, I think that at no point are they going to have her raped, give birth to her own child from that rape, have that child be magically aged quickly, and then impregnate her with himself. Yeah. I think they'll probably avoid that particular piece of fuckery. I think that should be the opening five minutes, personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's if we were writing the goddamn movie. No, you know it starts off. It starts off in Marvel offices with somebody pitching that story, and the first five minutes are basically just him being fired and like shown out the door. Then we get to the real movie. <laughs> <laughs> I. Th- I think that it covers some of her test pi- some of her test pilot or fighter pilot stuff. Hmm. And another and, Captain Marvel was he mentioned? I can't remember her name, but there was a a black female Captain Marvel, Monica Lambeau. She then became Photon, and she's in the movie too. Ah. She's one of the pilots. Well, the original ca- Captain Marvel, who's Marvel, is also in the movie. Yes. Is yep. that who Jude Law is? I believe so. I think so. That's another thing in a trailer. It's just you know about five five seconds of Jude Law's face, never explained. But you know, here's Jude Law. Was he was he blue in the trailer? No. Well, he looks sad. What was he blown? (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) That's on set, and that's just in his right his contract. (laughs) Call yourself a writer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was the trailer. I don't know. It's, I think it's great that there's going to be another, I guess, post-Infinity War movie. Uh, technically, Ant-Man and the Wasp was, but not really. Um, spoilers, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen it. And I think it's going to open up a kind of new quadrant of the Marvel Universe. But yeah, the trailer didn't really show us that much, except for an old lady getting punched in the face. Which, again, is pretty pretty cool. Storyline and continuity-wise, there has not been a post-Infinity War movie. Because Ant-Man and the Wasp took place concurrent to Infinity War, and this takes place in the 90s. Or any of the fucking Mm, Netflix. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. 
or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I've lost any any hope of them marrying up with the movies. Have any of you guys seen season two of Iron Fist? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, I think you're the reason I watched it. <laughs> That's so much better than yes. season one. Such a step up. But Danny Rand is still just a whiny. The worst. He's just, he, there are bits where he's just talking to his brother and he seems like a likable dude. And then there's other bits where he's just like, oh, I don't want to be, I want to be the Iron Fist. Oh, I don't want to be the Iron Fist. I'm like, go to your room, Danny. Go to your room and let the fucking grown-ups do the superhero. <laughs> I think when they come back for season three, make him only have cameos and only let the person who wrote the Danny Rand guest spot on Luke Cage season two, that's the only person that can write Danny Rand now. Well, that's the thing. Danny Rand is excellent when he's around other heroes. He's a great kind of part of a, a component of a team. But as a lead character... Sucks. He can't, he can't carry his own show. I mean, it says something, spoiler alert, that he uh, gave his power to his much more competent girlfriend. It's like, here, you be the Iron Fist. Like, All right. You were, you were on the billing, man. All right, I... Um... I haven't seen this, but uh, is the Iron Fist a bard? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a monk. Only very, right. only much less attractive than ours. Mm. He does talk a lot of shit, though, so he's quite bardish. <laughs> it's like, who cares about my Iron Fist? Look at my Iron Abs. <laughs> <laughs> and his ass can't cash the checks his mouth writes. So, yeah, he's kind of bardish there. And that is the most unfortunate thing about uh, Iron Fist season one and two is my racism because uh, <laughs> I'm afraid that Finn Jones just, you know, you think, oh, he's fighting quite well. He's, he's put some effort into it. They've trained this. They've rehearsed it. But as soon as literally any Asian steps on the screen, they just make him look like a flailing toddler. Let's, in, 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 yeah. in, all, in all fairness, like what's, what's his face? Uh, Charlie Cox, who does like Daredevil, but, like, that in the defenders when they had their fight together, it was just like, it was like, watch watching somebody like you know spar with like their child or something. <laughs> it's really yeah. going easy on him. And the woman who plays Colleen Wing is such 
the best in combat actor on any oh, of gosh. those shows. You know what? As an actress, she's okay. As soon as she starts fighting, she just comes alive. It's, like, yeah. it's amazing to watch. Yeah, she has better facial expressions when she's in the middle of kicking somebody's ass than she does in the middle of dialogue. She could, yeah, she could. You could give her an entire Shakespearean sonnet to say. <laughs> or just one punch in some guy's face, and I know which one she'd do more with more convincing emotion. Yeah. So I mean that as a as a compliment, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that I don't think any of us have a real issue with much of the acting of Iron Fist. It's the writing that's shit. Yeah, I mean, there was a significant improvement. I cared a lot more about people in this one. That means you didn't one. want them all to die. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I quite like Danny Rand's brother, and I quite like it when Danny Rand and him are just kind of hanging out and you know, uh, being human beings rather than constantly worrying about how ineffectual and useless they are. Well, which it's one are we talking about? Because he doesn't actually have a brother. You're talking about the uh, the other the, the bad guy, or like oh, the, yeah, or the sorry, one who yeah. knocked up the uh, the his drug counselor is kind of yeah his childhood friend slash you know kind of ward ward yeah yeah the white the white guy or the not white guy um the which, white guy yeah that's the one yeah well so he he kind of like just douched around with his his white non-brother brother and he just spent the other time beating the shit out of his um actual brown non-brother brother uh, yeah, it's like he's got complicated family connections as well. So. His his non sister sister was also awesome in season two. She was good. And, I think I kind of didn't buy her going from naught to evil so quickly. But once she was there, I was kind of ah, she's evil now, and it's enjoyable. It's fun. Yeah, I felt like that should have been it. Should have been her playing the non white brother more. As opposed to it feeling like she was sincerely being evil. We really need to learn these people's yeah. names. <laughs> I, I, I would have been liked to have seen more of the crazy, like, you know, woman who was nobody's brother or sister, but who probably had personalities in her head who, yeah, who was somebody's brother. <laughs> I like the woman that wasn't related to anyone, I'm, even like slightly. Yeah. Okay. Typhoid Mary. I'm a little uncomfortable with you guys all calling non white people brothers. <laughs> Well, that's why we do it, Bob, just to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just from the point of view of somebody who hasn't seen these, you know, which our our listeners may include some of those. So, uh, sound a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like about you, Bevan. You're always thinking of the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of non-white brothers, we could talk about Luke Cage. Ooh, yeah, Luke Cage season two. Oh, Why yeah. not? Yeah. Let's just knock them all down while we're here. I've heard, I've had some people have very mixed opinions on season two, and I thought it started slow, but got really awesome. I really liked it. I really liked the villain, whose uh, name I'm definitely not looking up now, the guy who played Bushmaster. <laughs> anyway, the actor who played Bushmaster, the non-white non-brother of Luke Cage, <laughs> he was fucking excellent. 
Oh yeah. Well, I, I, I like I like all of his scenes and all of his scenes with like his family and stuff were awesome because like there's like depth like because as evil as he was like like the first thing you saw from him it was him just pretty much cutting a guy's eyes out you know. But when he was hanging with his family, there was never any sense that, okay, you know, you're my family, but I'm going to betray you. It was always, like, you know, there, there was, like, that integrity that just, like, gave three dimensions to the character. Yeah. Family was such a critical subplot to this season of Luke Cage because you had, you had Alfre Woodard's character and her daughter and all of her family stuff and then Bushmaster and his family and all of his family stuff and Luke Cage and his dad who was great and oh my god that dude's voice yeah. oh yeah I, i'm in the mindset that that, that australian there there are two accents australian and like jamaican accents both of those just make any story better <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, i'm good with that yeah well what i most liked about bushmaster is it was good to finally have someone who can actually go toe-to-toe with luke cage because i was kind of getting bored of the whole well i'm bulletproofing it's kind of even at the end of season one where they got that ridiculous uh super suit in and i never felt for a minute that that it was going to be a, any kind of fair fight but when bushmaster comes in is it's opening gambit is just to knock luke cage out and i thought ah, that sets a nice tone i like that and all the youtube stuff with that was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that felt very much like real life today Oh, you a superhero. Oh, you a superhero. Oh, he just knocked your ass out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's how the world works. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yep. Bevan, have you you haven't seen any of these, have you? Uh, no, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good transition out of our, our bonus yeah. take. And we can go back to talking about things that make Robert Bevan uncomfortable. We can. That is it. Brothers don't make me feel uncomfortable. My brother would make you feel uncomfortable. I have no doubt. (laughs) And I I can talk shit about my family on this podcast because none of them are going to listen to it. Stop trading on the segue. We had a perfectly good segue there. (laughs) And you, you bloody derailed it. Yeah. Things that make Prophet Pevin uncomfortable, or indeed all of us. Because our main topic today, now that we've remembered we we had a main topic, is uh, <laughs> and it's um something that's kind of come up in discussion between us recently. Um, where will we go as writers? Where won't we go as writers? And where won't we go as audience members? So, what do we find too uncomfortable to write about, uh, and too uncomfortable to consume? That's the kind of central topic of today's side quest. And it kind of came up because... uh, Because you're a triggering bastard. Yeah. There was a lot of strong opinions uh, centering around our last uh, side quest, uh, (laughs) which I don't know chronologically we were going to release this, but but when we played Everyone is John. (laughs) Which the fascinating part of that is I was not on that podcast. Mm, Everyone was John except for John. Yeah, Yeah, all of you were me. Except uh, also fascinating, I wasn't the one taking the heat this time. <laughs> yeah, somebody triggered a reader or listener, and it wasn't Bevan. No, you really should have been, man. Your everyone is John target was to masturbate in a playground. Uh, yeah, well, I forgot what the original one was, but uh, yeah, uh, well, no, it's a school, isn't it? 
Yeah, but then he said, like, that was too similar to the playground or something like that. So, oh, so, so many complex rules of where you can and can't masturbate these days. <laughs> yeah. I think, Rick, your your goal was, well, one of them was to basically fuck an animal. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's not beat around the yeah. bush. Uh, like, you know, yeah. one of my goals was to burn someone alive in an effigy, but... Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> as well, soon it's, as you try and fuck a dog, people lose their minds. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like, like I've talked to like different editors and stuff, and, and like, and also I've seen like different like conversations. On, and you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want to a person in a book. Yet, yet, if you dare, like you know, start like hurting animals or so, suddenly, suddenly people like you know people will be protesting in front of your house, like you know, like you know, bu- building dog cages and burning you an effigy in them. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like we should clear up that um, the the point of this everyone is John game was to be as horrible as possible. That is true. That is true. I think we should also clear up that uh, I guess the point of this discussion isn't that everybody's a pussy and should just shut their damn mouths. It's kind of the acknowledgement that everybody has their uncomfortable territory. So we completely understand if, if some things in everyone's John made some people uncomfortable. That's, yeah, I guess it's kind of the point of it, but... Um, no, that, that's exactly right. It's like we're, we're this. This is not basically like pointing out like other people's levels and like going, "Ha ha, that bothers you. It doesn't bother me." It's more to acknowledge the fact that yeah, it's, it's like we we all have our we all have our lines in the sand, you know. And I think just to talk about what what are common lines and like you know, and I, and I think also maybe like you know, okay, identify some of those. What are some what are some like you know maybe things in fiction that have like you know, blown right past those but have done it well. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Mm, speaking of animal fucking, uh, I was just watching <laughs> Preacher Season 3 and that had a. I don't know if you've. Oh, is that out? Yeah, it's good. It's probably the best season. There's, see, I've I, I watched seasons one and two. Why don't we talk about that shit? Oh, I loved Hitler in it. <laughs> because every time Actually. we ask you what do you want to talk about, you suddenly like disappear from the internet. <laughs> well, that's because he gets banned from the internet for three days. Just from Facebook. <laughs> well, if we're talking about uh, essentially, that's yeah. Right. If we're talking about line crossing, I guess Preacher season three has. Hitler in it. It has. Um, well, he was in season two. Yeah, yeah. And we're kind of. I thought that supposed I, to simplify. I thought that whole subplot was kind of goofy. I didn't really enjoy that. Yeah, I didn't dig Go it on. in season two. Oh, that, Hitler's my favorite character. <laughs> we got a uh, hair star. He's uh, extremely. Quote, quote from Steve. <laughs> I love yes. Hitler. We're taking that. We're taking that quote out of context. <laughs> <laughs> on the live yeah. <laughs> well, Steve did this to me once. <laughs> About Hitler. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he did that to me. Well, this is payback this is a just, bitch, Steve. This is just justice, doesn't it, isn't it? Uh yeah, it's fair it's blasphemous, <laughs> definitely. It has a descendant of Christ who is like massively mentally challenged and has paid for laughs. It has somebody walking nude into a um petting zoo and running off with a goat, 
which heavily implied the man spends his spare time fucking animals. As all manner of incredibly, incredibly violent scenes. It crosses a lot of lines, is what I'm saying. And yet, I don't really hear anybody yeah. complaining about it. Does this all take place in hell? Oh, no. Uh, the petting zoo thing, that's on Earth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, not a lot of it takes place in hell, to be honest. Like, the bad stuff, which is weird when you think about it. You think it'd be the other way around. <laughs> it is interesting to bring that, because, like, yeah, I, 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 I try to pay attention to, like, you know, the news. Like, what, what, what like, you know, people are freaking out about boycotting and you, you mostly so i can laugh at it and be like get fucking jobs you know <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. but i don't think yeah i don't i don't recall reading too much on uh, preacher with people people freaking out about it i haven't seen anything about that <laughs> yeah I, I didn't even know season three was out <laughs> yeah, that might be why i don't know if it's just a fragmentation of media now and we don't have as many kind of mainstream shared channels but a lot of things going on in that wouldn't have been acceptable as as little as well, they still wouldn't be acceptable on mainstream the networks like in my country. It, uh, or ours. Mm. So people just give it a, a pass because you need to because it's behind a paywall. <laughs> so no, no, like, because they don't give Game of Thrones a pass. I mean, come on, last season or the season before last, people were up in arms about, like, you know, all this shit happening. Oh, I can't watch this anymore. I'm, like, walking away, you know. So it, it, the, paywall, the paywall really doesn't matter there, you know. When, when people decide, like, you know, they, they, need, they need, like, you know, to, to be good and old-fashioned, like, righteously offended and shit. Yeah, I, thought, I always thought that was weird. You know, there's, like, this, series, you know, this television show adaptation about a a series of books that are about a bunch of people getting murdered and raped. And then uh, it has, you know, Wait. murder and rape in it. And Wait a minute. That, this particular rape is sent me over the yeah. edge. Yeah. All the other. Right, that's right. That's right. There's like ranking rapes. Yeah. yeah. Here's a thing. Because I'm always like a bit behind the times with things because I'm cheap. I don't like to pay for stuff. So um uh, everybody in the office was talking about Game of Thrones. It was kind of all the all the normals were talking about dragons and stuff and wizards. I'm like, yeah, this is this is refreshing. I can't wait to get on board with this. By the time <laughs> I got around to it, I came into the office. Hey guys, see Game of Thrones last night? And I was like, nah, we don't watch that anymore, mate. Don't watch that anymore, mate. And I just felt like a, a, a complete fucking pariah. I'd missed the whole How do how dare you watch that? You fucking pervert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just got these kind of side eyes and mumbles like uh, yeah no nobody worried to watch it anymore yeah and every time you walk into the lunchroom they're like oh there's Steve the perfect let's get up and get out and walk away <laughs> there's the guy who applauded Sansa Stark's demise <laughs> came in with a smile on his face yeah, what a dick he was standing up going yeah go Ramsey <laughs> 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 to clarify, I hadn't actually caught up to that. <laughs> yeah, I was just—I was just excited to be included. I didn't know that the tide had shifted. Yes, Steve walks into like you know his like break room. He's like humming a Billy Idol tune, but he's like saying it's a nice day for a red wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's also—I think it's also cultural, and I know at least in the U.S., you can get away with a lot more violence. But man, one nipple, and you're just <laughs> fucked. It says something when people would rather look at a bullet holding a nipple. For the record, I would not. <laughs> just 
putting that out there. Oh, it, it, it is it is crazy how like one thing can like slide by and another thing would just set everyone off. You know, it, it, you, you never know what's gonna catch what's gonna catch fire like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I've always been slightly wary of the mob because of my kind of natural obliviousness and social uh, disconnect. I don't like seeing the kind of shoal change direction like that. It always frightens me a bit, to be honest. Although it is kind of funny watching people get like they're losing their shit over fiction. And it's like, well, gee, you know, there's bad stuff happening in the real life. Maybe that's stuff to focus on. No, 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 no. Sansa Stark, you know, <laughs> this person who never existed. We have we have to protect her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this. I was watching, um, again, this, I'm going to take Bevan into something he's probably never watched before bojack horseman season what are you talking about <laughs> we've talked about bojack <laughs> All right. no that's one where you've got me yeah i haven't seen that one uh, there was kind of Wait, an, what season? an ongoing conversation about it in the latest season which has just been released and i binged all of yesterday that um because bojack stars where he plays this typical narcissistic toxic toxic masculinity detective and he's his argument is that people were uh, People see that and recognize it as fantasy. And then Diane's argument is, yeah, but it still kind of normalizes it. And they never really, you know, I don't expect these discussions to be resolved in a 30-minute cartoon about a man who is also a horse, who is also an actor. <laughs> but it was, they kind of, they put the question up in the air and I'm kind of, eh, maybe, maybe there is a normalization factor there and a desensitization factor there. But at the same time, we're all capable of knowing what's fact and know what's fiction and maybe exploring the darker natures of humanity in a safe environment i don't know it was complicated but i get i get why the discussion needs to go it's it, I, I love how it, it is it continues to be so complicated yeah and so bojack horseman at the same time <laughs> it's just will and will arnett being a dumbass and accidentally having epiphanies now and then <laughs> so uh yeah um Rick and John, get on that. It's on. It's it's on Netflix, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I I have seen a few like ads for it where I'm like, yeah, I I really should like catch up on that. So it is on my list. It takes a little, a few episodes to get into. It's not really on my list. The thing about BoJack, it will have a lot of average episodes and then just dotted here and there, absolute brilliance in terms of writing and concept and everything. So yeah, it's cool. You should get involved with it. Okay. But yeah, I think pertinent to our discussion, that whole thing about normalization, desensitization, and the responsibility of the viewer, I guess, and the artist and that relationship, that's all very pertinent to what we're saying. Well, yeah, I've, I've, shame on you for not knowing me better, Steve. You know, all right, this should be easy. Superheroes, yeah, not my thing. Horse Alcoholic man. horse ex-TV stars. I'm all over that. You're absolutely right. I, do, I recall that we were talking about uh, the horseman when you were physically. I'm just saying, you know, even without that knowledge, you should know, oh, yeah, Bevan's probably watched this. Look, this is his thing. People aren't tuning in for our relationship dramas, Bevan. I guarantee there's going to be a bunch of comments after this one saying, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well it's a different podcast we can uh, we can get to that later that's our remake of bosom buddies only slightly different but uh, back backing up a second steve you were talking about uh, like the, the whole social responsibility thing and 
not not this past Con Carolinas, but the one before that. Um, Bob and I, we were on this uh, panel that we thought was going to be fun. It was supposed to be about like you know censorship and shit. You know, we, I don't know how we ever thought I, that was going to be anything other than what I it was. Know. You two aren't real bright. Yeah. <laughs> then we got on it, and it turned into this dark, like you know, conversation about about how how authors should be socially aware and how she, we shouldn't write about horrible shit. And 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 we're just kind of sitting there looking. Do you remember what the name of that panel yeah, was? It was like it was it had to do with censorship or something or self censorship. I think it was self censoring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, that'll be hilarious because I don't really do that. <laughs> but oh man you're right i was so uncomfortable conceptually that is hilarious yeah <laughs> the mere idea of bevan self-censoring is hilarious <laughs> yeah it, it, it yeah i think for, for both of us it just wound up being probably easily the most uncomfortable panel <laughs> of the comedy yeah. <laughs> well we did a panel on writing comedy this year where we talked about things that we won't Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline write about or things that we don't places we won't go we we kind of touched on it briefly in that panel are we allowed to mention that in that panel you said and this is the position i respect that you'd never touch rape jokes and then about oh, here about two hours later <laughs> you were gonna fuck silas with your horse dick. <laughs> there's implied consent with silas <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 unless, unless you had Toreg tattooed on that horse dick, there was not. <laughs> Silas doesn't read horse. He doesn't know what was tattooed on my horse dick. <laughs> that wasn't the language he picked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and I speak the language of dick, and I speak it well. Yes, my dick speaks the language of love. That's all you need to care about. Unfortunately, it doesn't ever speak to anyone else. Mm. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, I'm not saying that John cracked a heinous, insensitive joke. Everybody laughed, and everybody was fine with it. But, it was um, mod- it was pretty insensitive, oh. but it was also <laughs> funny. Yeah, of course, it was. Abs- you know, it had the context of absurdism. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. we did talk a lot about context within that panel. So, and I think that's one. I think one thing about context specifically that for me. I'm willing to do a lot more stupid shit on our podcast, especially live, where people can see and hear expressions and nuance that they can't necessarily get on the page. Mm, yeah. And and you can spread the blame. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
hundred percent. I have other people who are obviously horrible influences on me. Well, that's the thing. It's like I've 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 had to, I've had to actually like you know I've like take take a not so awesome stance a couple of times on social media when somebody's like been like oh so and so just made a joke about some tragedy you know we should we should completely ostracize this person and like you know you should never say that you should never say that and and I've had to jump in a couple of times and be like you know guys I I gotta write I gotta do humor for a living and. You know, it's okay to say, okay, we're not going to listen to you. We're not going to do that. But to, you really can't say this person, this person, sh- nobody should ever be allowed to say that. <laughs> you know, I know Sorry. I cross a lot of people's lines of good taste. I know, I know probably all of us cross people's lines of good taste here and there. Like even, even like if I look at something and I'm like horribly offended, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in no, I'm like standing in a glass house. I'm in no position to say, you cannot say that. You know, the only thing I can say is, well, okay, free speech has, has consequences and you're a scumbag for saying that, but you are definitely uh, definitely allowed to say that. And, and, and let me yeah. tell you, when people get into a righteous fury, they don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> no, you're right. And there are also, I think it's bullshit people getting dragged for jokes they made 10 years ago. Yeah. I think the James Gunn thing is bullshit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. One, 10 years ago was a different time. And shit was in or out of context and it's just bullshit yeah. honestly who gave a shit about twitter 10 years ago it was it, <laughs> it was just some weirdo who technology. gave a shit about james gunn yeah. 10 years ago <laughs> we do this a lot in society i know, I know like my, my grandfather he was in world war ii and like you know you talk to people about like you know hiroshima and stuff today and they're like yeah we shouldn't have done that that was a horrible thing uh, you go back like you know you go you go back 75 years and let me tell you there wasn't going to be anybody who's going to say who probably was there were going to be very few people who weren't going to say drop that fucker, <laughs> mm. you know? It's it's different times. You you can't look at different times and different attitudes and put like a modern like you know lens over it because that's pretty much bullshit. <laughs> and your cult again, your culture may have completely different views than other ones. Hmm. Yeah, and there's also with the Jane's gun element that raises another thing that. As a, a comedy writer who sometimes dwells into uncomfortable territory, uh, put your hand in my ass, folks. That's on Amazon.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I believe I was I was in a forum discussion about Ren and Stimpy, and I loved a Ren and Stimpy cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it was something. I did too. It was one of those very obvious kind of uh, gay jokes in Ren and Stimpy that they were secretly having gay sex. Uh, and it was a bit pervy and a bit strange and definitely shouldn't have been in a children's cartoon, I guess. But um, That was not a children's cartoon. <laughs> You're right. Ren and Stimpy was totally not a, a children's cartoon. But, um, and then somebody brought up the the fact that the animator was a scumbag. The creator of it, uh, he groomed <laughs> teenage girls. And I was just thinking, this is this gets a bit dicey because you can't say... Oh yeah, well, it's no wonder he made this outrageous yeah. context content because he was a pervert. Because that's exactly what they're saying about James Gunn. Yeah. Oh, he made pedo jokes. He must be a pedo. Yeah, I don't really, for obvious reasons, I cannot accept that. You know, I make I make <laughs> weekly jokes about animal abuse. I don't punch animals. It might have been different if Ren and Stimpy came out and the entire world was like shocked and was like, "What the fuck?" But you know something. There were a lot of people watching that thinking that was funny as fuck. <laughs> There's probably four of them on this pod, on this recording. <laughs> well, the cartoon was as funny. It doesn't change it because you know the guy behind it was 
you know, yeah. evil. It's uh, <laughs> the thing still is the thing. If somebody carves a beautiful statue, statue doesn't become less beautiful when you figure out that a guy likes to, I don't know, step on cats for his pastime. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I just do that because a goddamn cat won't get out of the way. But. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like you, you hear a lot of things about people that come out like after the fact. It's like, like you know, like all, all the shit that came out about Mel Gibson and stuff. It's like, it's like, okay, this guy's fucking crazy. I probably shouldn't. I, you know, it's one of those things. That, yeah, I probably shouldn't support him going forward. But at the same time, it like you know, I shouldn't feel bad about the fact that like maybe I saw Lethal Weapon in the movies and enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh... The fact that Mel Gibson's a horrible anti-Semite and I, I don't support him today doesn't mean I didn't like Braveheart. Mm. I mean, of course, I, Braveheart is completely historically inaccurate and uh, somewhat <laughs> biased, but uh, yeah, I don't hold that against him. It's all those like uh, secret swastikas in Lethal Weapon One. Now that I watch it, that's uh, no, obviously that's not true. But yeah, all right, I was gonna ask. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's now going to be all over the fucking internet. Yeah, you almost had me uh, renting that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, now there's secret swastikas. I want to support it. <laughs> I don't remember any secret anti-Semitic imagery in Lethal Weapon 1 through 4. It's fucking 2018. We don't, we don't have secret swastikas anymore. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah, they're just fucking blatant now. Yeah, Mel Gibson started a trend. It's his fault. <laughs> and you know and there we go oh well, yeah there we go making jokes that yeah. people would probably consider inappropriate and probably are and we're making it for our audience of people who know what the fuck they're getting into by now and we're doing it in a way that's obviously couched in a framework that says we're not anti-Semites or yeah. white supremacists and we think that this shit is horrible. Yeah. But, well, I think that's I, I think that goes back to something that Bevan said on that panel this summer. Yeah, I remember something Bevan said four months ago. <laughs> fucking profound. Well, it really, it was actually, because you <laughs> talked about the fact that what the you'll go pretty much anywhere in your writing and you go further to point up the ridiculousness and awfulness of the people and you parody ah. them space puppies uh, yeah <laughs> also or, available at amazon <laughs> but it's but at the same time you guys to keep in mind that for every person who like you understands that you're going that far and you're mocking something and and i think i think bevan and i both have like both have readers uh, along these lines. There's there's plenty who like look and like be like, yeah, you think just the way I th I do. Yeah, I don't I know. Do well, I should maybe. I no, I not. totally do. <laughs> well, here's the thing about uh, com people who appreciate comedy saying, "Oh, I totally get that evil character." It was an interview I read with Glenn Howerton from uh, he plays Dennis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he gets people come up to him all the time saying, uh, oh, I really love Dennis. I, I totally get that character. But it's not because they're like that character. Because if they're like that character, they would have been arrested a long time ago. <laughs> it's because they recognize kind of the worser, 
the exaggeration of the worser aspects of themselves. They recognize a caricature of things they might think but never do. And, you know, the surprising and disappointing thoughts and knee-jerk reactions that I think every human being has and pretends not to have. Well, I also think, and I mean, this this is also something that's got me in trouble. I also think it's very possible to joke about horrible things and it just be nothing more than a joke. You know, there's no hatred behind it. You're just making a, a joke. Maybe people find it funny. Maybe they don't. But, you know, something, it doesn't make you like, you know, a supporter of whatever that that is. And that's that's the thing I've run into, like, you know, with with with, with my books more than once where it's like somebody has been like, you made a joke about that. How dare you? You are a terrible person. It's like, um, okay. Those two things are completely unrelated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the fact that we're terrible people is unrelated to the shit that we find amusing. Okay, yeah, I'm going to, um, on that cue, I'm going to right turn into serious territory again. Uh, oh, fuck. You guys might not know. I'll keep names out of it because it's ongoing, but uh, there was a writer for crack.com who... I very much admired, and uh, a part of his shtick was to be kind of hyper, hyper macho, hyper sexualized kind of character. And he's recently been outed as the fact that when he was at Cracked, he was uh, sending sexually explicit uh, messages to female writers uh, unsolicited. So it's kind of been outed that he was a scumbag in his time at Cracked, which is a few. It's a few. Well. It's, I think it was this was like 2014 to 2016 so it's already been dealt with it's already sort of resolved I guess but um what does it matter for cracked anymore <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the point is you know obviously there's a question of how horrible it must have been for the victims and how disappointing it is that somebody that people looked up to was secretly uh, exploiting his power that way but then there was another take that oh, yeah, well, you know, I kind of, from reading his articles, I guess he must have had to have been like that. Oh, uh, that's bullshit. Yeah. yeah, but then as the people are saying, oh, well, you, when you make jokes like that, you create, uh, I guess, safe places for actual predators. And that's kind of a very popular f theory that's, again, a little bit more dangerous to challenge every day. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that at all. I think most people I know who make dicey jokes are grown-ups. And, you know, I know people who aren't just, you know, normally good people, but people who are genuinely heroic who will, who will tell shithead jokes. Yeah. And, uh, but you're right. It, it's, it's, it's an argument that, like, you know, in a crowd that is really – that is almost impossible to win. Because in yeah. one way, you're basically essentially trying to, like – you know, you're trying to say, oh, it's a joke about so and so, but and then somebody points out, yeah, but so and so is like in conscious, in conscious, I can't even think to say the word, um, wrong, unconscionable, <laughs> unconscionable. Thank you. Uh, um, and like you know, at, at, and at that point, you really are like backed into the corner, you know, because they're they're like, well, here's the thing, it's like it, it's kind of like the whole if it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. Well, well, you think it's fine to tell this joke, therefore you must be this type of person. <laughs> Yeah, and even if you're not, you're creating a safe space for people who are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, kind of. I, I don't. I don't think that's correct. I mean, I think that you can use humor. I think you can just make jokes about shit, and you're not creating a safe space. You're not supporting awful shit. 
I think people normally know the guy in their group who, when you're all having a laugh and saying, you know, guys in particular, maybe more than girls, kind of test each other's boundaries. I think I made the analogy of comedy being kind of a, a dark path. And uh, Bevan, I think, immediately turned that into a pedophile joke. But, um, <laughs> which it just goes to show again. It's like I was, and I was saying, you, as a comedian, you kind of lead people down a dark path. And when it gets too uncomfortable, you stop. But um, what guys do is they kind of, I guess, edge each other down the path a bit more. And I say guys, there's plenty of girls out there that do this. That's probably just me being sexist. But I just. In my experience, I guess it's kind of more usually guys, but um, well, that's also because we fuck around more with guys, and uh, we yeah, and yeah. we are guys. So I mean, we really don't have actually somebody here to like tell us. <laughs> it's like no, you people are dumbasses. Yeah, we do this too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and as as we are guys, we realize the level of awful that we are. <laughs> Yeah, well, that thing, again, and we say on the podcast all the time, oh, we're awful, we're stupid. We're, it's like we're being awful, we're being stupid. We don't. I don't go into my day job yeah. and behave like I do on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, and, but, and the thing is, I think, like, you know, we've reached that point where, like, you know, especially on, like, social media or, like, a, a Facebook group or so, occasionally, like, even if you make that stuff, you have to kind of push back and be like, oh, and just in case you're wondering, that is a joke, you know, we don't actually, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah, like, I, I know, I know, Bevan, I see, I see you do, do it every so often, like, you know, uh, you know, you do what? Like, push back and kind of let people know that, yes, this is a joke, I'm mocking people who actually think this way, you know, if you think this way, I actually don't want you in this group. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this, yeah, it's the same that. thing. Like, you know, like, like I, I have no problem. I was telling people I have no problem making fun of any religion whatsoever. I'm like, there's a difference between mocking something and hating something. And I'm like, and I try to be very, oh, yeah. yeah, I try to be very mindful in my group. If like somebody's, if somebody's making a dumbass joke, I'm like, okay, it's a dumbass joke. Versus, you can almost smell the intent sometimes when somebody is like, you know, going in there and they start going off on, a, on a, like, you know, say like all Muslims are terrorist rants, you know, where you where you can tell that, okay, they're okay. We're, we're pulling away from joke into like, you know, not joke territory. And this needs to be like, you know, kind of, uh, kind of stomped on. Yeah. Yeah. If you're really paying attention, you can tell the difference between, between joke and racist fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Spot the difference guys. <laughs> it's, it's important you know what I'm kind of glad about the James Gunn thing sorry James Gunn if you're listening I know you are but um, I'm glad because most of the time I make the argument in favour of people being able to tell dicey jokes without necessarily being a piece of shit human being or being a, a you know a safe place to breed uh, terrorists or misogynists or racists or whatever uh, normally it's somebody with politics whose politics I don't actually agree with and I wish they would just shut up. Mm. But the principle, because of what I do and because of how I feel, is, is just worth defending. And a lot of the times I find myself defending, like the animator from Ren and Stimpy, people who's mm. like... Oh, he's grimy as fuck. Clearly, well, well, well think, think about people. Think <laughs> well, it's of, like, a Voltaire thing. Yeah. Well, also the thing is, like, sometimes it's even like more ridiculous where you have somebody. It's like, oh, here's the new host of like this late night comedy show, you know, and he's a comedian and he told raunchy jokes in the past, and they start bringing it up. It's like, this is his fucking job, guys. 
Of course he's going to tell shit. It's like going back into the past and like screaming because Eddie Murphy was like, you know, was an edgy comedian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, are we really going to – are we really going to – bring eddie are we really going to blast eddie murphy for his routines on in raw mm. in 2018 when we're fucking 25 years later yeah i mean it's easy for us to do that really but the only real thing you can do the only fair thing you can do to the man is say well do you honestly feel like that now no no no, no, say, no no well, the only, <laughs> no the only fair thing you can say to the man is goddamn pluto nash sucked but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, fun. I was going to hit him up for Nutty Professor. I'm like, God damn, bro. <laughs> well, we could find a happy compromise in Nutty Professor too, the clubs. Yeah. But, uh, I was going to say, it also just shows how like stupidly selective we are about this stuff. Because, I mean, how, how many like, you know, how many comedians in the 80s and or 70s and 80s, I mean, everything was like, you know, was was just like like horrible, like, you know, blue blue humor, which was funny as fuck. You know, don't get me wrong. But it's like if they got a job as whatever – these days it's like it, it, we seem to be very selective about like you know about the people we're going to crucify because of their past stuff and the people we're not yeah i mean i don't hear anybody calling out bobcat goldthwaite yeah. i um, also don't hear anyone saying anything about bobcat goldthwaite but well how about chris rock oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah that's um it's okay for us to go back 10 years 20 years and say this hasn't aged well yes it's not go- it's not I don't think it's our job to be judge, jury, and executioner on something that was said in a completely different social yeah. climate to what we used to. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, look, Paula Dean got hammered for using racial epithets. Paula Dean's a Southern woman in her 60s. So Paula Dean has used racial epithets. Every fucking Southerner in their 60s, or every Southerner, has used racial slurs at some point, probably. I know I'll get a comment that says, "No, goddammit, I'm the one. I'm the one person in Alabama who's never denigrated anyone." And I'm like, "Well, fuck you, Gandhi." And I just happened to listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So you're listening to the wrong show. But. And while I don't like Paula Dean, I don't think she should have been pilloried for using offensive language 25 years ago. I think had she used that language in 2014, then yes, she should yeah. fucking know better. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I guess I don't get to decide what's fair, but I do get to say how I feel about things, and it sounds about right to yeah. me. This is why I like this conversation. I'm not saying it's a cut and dried conversation. I don't think the uh, there's probably a listener listening to this right now who's guessed that um, we're kind of addressing the point he made. And I want to say that uh, yeah, if you're offended by Rick having a scene in the podcast <laughs> where he sodomizes a dog, that's fine. You know, that's um, that's fine. I, I hope you're still listening. Well, I hope you're still listening after that fucking joke. I, 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 well, I, I hope so. We we did chat a bit, and like you know, I, I just I, I basically said I'm like the gate. The whole point of the game was to be as horrible as possible. I'm like I'm like trust me. I'm like I'm 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 a pet owner. You know, I'm not doing that to my dogs. <laughs> you know, or doing, anyone else. Exactly. You know, including the ones John throws over his fence. <laughs> <laughs> that dog uh, died, bro. That's a 
that's a bonus joke for you Patreon listeners out there. You can uh, find that at patreon.com forward slash and dragons. For the record, the dog also died of old age, oh. so... Yeah. <laughs> it took 80, 80 tries over the fence. <laughs> right. If the point of something is to be horrible, I feel like you kind of have to go over the top or else, I mean, or else you're not really making the point. Well, if, yeah. Uh, yeah, if... if John, if everyone is John, and and we were all like jaywalking or something. Then you know, that's not a good show. Well, the thing is, we're not we're not saying he was wrong to be offended. You know, that, no, right? but... we're just we're just kind of pointing out that everybody kind of has that limit. That like the thing, like like somebody 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 on like you know on the the question thread mentioned mentioned something I did in one of my books, and they're like, I had to stop. I, they're like, I liked your first book. I got to stop reading the second book because you did this thing, and it, it, it kind of triggered me. And I was like. I was cool with that. You know why? Because they basically they said it in a rational way. They didn't they didn't like you know come come at me like some other people have and been like you said this thing that makes you a horrible person. They basically just said you kind of crossed my line and I can't go there. And I was like, okay, that that's perfectly cool. You know, like they didn't try to say yeah. you can't go there. You know, they were very mm-hmm. rational and just said I can't go there. And I'm one. And I think that's yeah. perfectly reasonable. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole. That's kind of the whole point of what the quote-unquote topic was, was us talking about where we won't go, but Mm. we kind of freeformed more into. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A general discussion on people going places and not going places. And let's circle all the way back to God damn it, why aren't we in Las Vegas? If we're going to talk about going places. Yeah, so th- there's the places we're not going. Fuck you, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. Yeah, I guess this has turned into quite a serious discussion. I've, uh, yeah, I guess in demonstrating <laughs> jokes we shouldn't tell. Told a few jokes we shouldn't tell there. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's useful or educational to our audience. But I would reiterate what I said on the uh, Paladin Walks Into a Bar uh, panel. I'm not, I'm not really interested in offending any of my audience. I quite like my audience, so I like what I do. And I like things to be fun. Um, and I would hope that anyone listening, if I should make a bad joke, and Lord help me, I make some bad jokes... Uh, yeah we know maybe just uh <laughs> skip ahead to when i make a less bad joke i go where i go i don't really like here's the thing i don't try to offend people and i don't try to avoid f- offending people so it's kind of a case of you know like if you are offended by something i write know that i'm not actually purposely like you know trying to like you know do that i'm just telling the story the way i think the story should be told you know it's it, that that 
whatever I'm saying is not a reflection of me. Um, it's not, it's definitely not a reflection of you. Like I'm not like, you know, I'm not looking going, Oh, that person there, I'm going to just like fuck with them. No, it's just like, you know, it's just, I'm going, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And like, I understand that it is going to possibly trigger some people, but you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's the story I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to offend some people. <laughs> uh, well, like, uh, let, let me hear me out here. Um, for example, the uh, Caverns and Creatures series, the Critical Failures books, the uh, yeah, the protagonists are, you know, kind of like southern, guy, southern like man children, and a couple woman children, and uh, they they're going through a transitional phase in their life, and uh, or or in the in the in the life of the culture, where they're they're recognizing things that they were brought up with are wrong but but the, it still lingers within them because they've been raised this way and uh so when they say horrible things inadvertently well, i try to make it clear that they, they uh those are actually horrible things that they're saying and that you know you shouldn't say them hmm. but you know and, and so if somebody gets offended by something they say that's not what i wanted but on the other hand when people get offended like well, this guy's clearly never been to the South. It's not really like that. Yeah, that, those, <laughs> those are the people I want to offend. Oh, God. I, I, I had one of those for uh, for my book, uh, Get Bent. Somebody came in and they were like, oh, two stars. This is unrealistic. You have a 19-year-old girl who curses and knows about porn. That's unrealistic. And I was like, I was like, did, I was like, did you come step through a time warp in the 1920s or something? Yeah, that's unrealistic, Rick. I mean, a 14 year old girl knows curses and knows all about porn. Come on. Yeah, you've raised some very good points again. I kind of I brought this up at well, I was slightly rambly at the end of our last Authors and Dragons regular podcast uh, about honesty and how it is necessary both in storytelling. And in comedy, to have something genuine, even if it is not nice. You can't just, I guess you can't just put something out there. Like, if Bevan's books, if he put those people out there and had them constantly apologizing and promising to do better, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be the observation. It wouldn't have his voice. And uh, it wouldn't be entertaining. And it probably wouldn't feel genuine. Yeah. And having that kind of genuine... I mean, I grew up in a... I don't genuinely write that much offensive things, except for that put your hand in my ass. <laughs> except for a couple of times a year when you write a shingles yeah. book. Yeah, which, which, just for the record, the point. That, that, that story is, is quite brilliantly put together. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I grew up in a, in a pretty rough town i've seen some oddball shit i've seen you know i'm not saying i've seen evil but i've seen a i've seen something more mundane and as you know casually awful than that and it's just life it's just stuff that's out there you can't just sanitize your voice and expect to say something interesting i don't know maybe i'm wrong but no, no. I, I think I think you're right. I 
I am one of those 40-something southern man-children that Bevan writes about, (laughs) trying to constantly relearn how to live in a world that is dramatically different, because the world of the South in 2018 is very different than it was in the 70s and 80s when... I was a kid, and you're in North Carolina South. I'm talking Mississippi South. <laughs> I grew up in rural South Carolina, which ain't that different from yeah, which ain't that different from Mississippi. I mean, it it ain't like Lower Alabama, but <laughs> right next door. Yeah, it ain't like it ain't like where you grew up because that's because you got to you got that fucked up Creole shit going on too. I'm willing to say anybody who lived through the '80s. Probably, probably, like you know, me- mentally is like it has that has that hard transition. Yeah, because it's a different world. Yeah. I mean, shit. Look at look at fucking Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uses a spectacularly inappropriate reference to the gay people mm-hmm. in the lyrics of the song, and it was mm-hmm. one of the most fucking popular songs of the nineteen eighties. Well, to be still fair, play. he was satis- satirizing kind of uneducated blue collar attitudes to artistic types but uh, that's true right I would say a better uh, example would be oh no you know what I was about to see say Bill and Ted you know when they uh, they nearly die and then they hug each other and they back off and they're like ah word I probably can't say now but um, even that's satirizing kind of, I guess, yeah. fragile yeah. teenage. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and I'll be perfectly funny. I, I'll be honest, I thought that was probably one of the funniest lines in the movie. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really got the run up I need to say that out loud. But yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what. No, one, will, one thing I will say, which is one of oh. my still favorite. I've got to tell you my favorite gay joke, guys. I'm going to, I'm going to really right. fucking there we nose, go. nosedive this podcast and my entire career. It's Shaun of the Dead when um, uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are talking about their plan. And he's like, we've got to go save my girlfriend. And he's getting really worked up about it. We've got to go save her. And he's like, why? He says, because I love her. And he goes, all right, gay. I'm like, two guys, one guy accusing another guy yeah. of having an emotion for his girlfriend in a time of great crisis as gay. That I guess it's a gay joke, but, you know, the joke's not really on gay people there. So, you know. Right, the joke's on lame-ass straight. I'm going to go there, because th- I'm, I'm thinking it'd be hilarious if, like, you know, Steve, if, like, you're like, that line, which I'm not going to say here, and then after you get off the podcast, you, you start looking like, like, okay, I'm going to go smoke a fag now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which in British culture, just just for, for the ignorant, means something completely different. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Con Carolinas. <laughs> Steve and I sucking fags outside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got we've got full circle on that one. <laughs> I'll give you an actual bad example. Um, yeah, no satire intended. Uh, how uh, how recently have you seen Crocodile Dundee? Oh, uh, when was it released? Yeah, not for a while. Yeah, the. Uh, not- Certainly not since I moved out of my parents' house. The, the bar scene where uh, he oh, said, wait, yeah, yeah, that's not a knife. Oh, man, it's been a couple of years since I saw this and, and said, wow. But, um, yeah, I guess he bumped up against a trans woman or something. And then. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, wait, wait, he, it, he's he's talking. Yeah, I remember this. He's talking to uh, what he. Well, hmm, how to put this. What he assumes isn't a trans woman. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, somebody points out to him that it is. And his way of proving it is to reach up under her dress, which is, yes, you're right, wildly inappropriate. <laughs> but then, and, and he actually said inappropriate gay word. Oh, right. Okay. But just just as, as fact. Yeah. You know, I remember this you know, pretty much the same as you guys did. And then uh, so I thought, oh, this is a fun movie for the kids. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. The stuff that we glossed over and didn't right. even notice as being <laughs> inappropriate and insensitive and hurtful to people, um, now we... We notice yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, growing you called out a homophobic remark. <laughs> this is a homophobic <laughs> remark. Yeah, anyone you can insult, I can insult better. <laughs> we go right back to the eighties yeah. there, and I guess I don't know. We can't hang him for it. We could certainly not condone it, but you know. Well, to be fair, the, um, well, the actual comment was the guy talking to uh, what's his name. Uh, Crocodile Dundee. Well, that's all right. As not long as, not as, him himself. As long as Mick Dundee hasn't let me down. <laughs> I need these masculine icons in my life, Bevan. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, you, know still what I, have ash. you know what I find interesting <laughs> these days is like, you know, is you still have a few, you have a few filmmakers who seem to almost kind of like go counter to that, like, you know, to that, uh, like, like, like growing up, one of my favorite movies was say like Weird Science, and I watched it a couple of we- like weeks back, and I was just like, wow, you know, <laughs> that did not age, that did not age well, at least uh, from from like from that perspective. But I mean, think think of like you know, for everybody who's like trying to go in one direction, then you'll have like Quentin Tarantino like like release a movie, which is just like you know, like Hateful Eight, yeah, holy shit, yeah, yeah. which is deliberately offensive. Mm. Uh, did his job, mm, yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's... There was, there was no one in that movie who did not deserve to die. Yeah. But, I, but, I also, but I also wonder if, like, you know, if he's kind of doing that, kind of like South Park does it, where they purposely kind of go there just to almost kind of like, you know, kind of point out, like, you know, that maybe sometimes we get a little... We're, we're, we're a little overly sensitive as a society. I, I kind of don't mind that movie because it was about awful people. It wasn't... We weren't at any point not supposed to think that they were awful people. You know, it's like Reservoir Dogs. There's kind of everyone in there, you know, when they die, it's no great loss. They're all shitbags, you know, but it's still drama and you're still invested. Um, yeah, I don't think we have to, I guess, necessarily define everything we watch as if, it, if there's not a sanitized white hat, then it's not worthy of being out there. I think we can, I mean, we can be... I guess go into things and say, look, this is awful. Because otherwise, you know, there's a lot of horror movies out there going unwatched. People people recognize that. Yeah. People recognize that. Otherwise, Quentin Tarantino wouldn't have a career. Well, here's, here's the thing, though. His, his characters are still charismatic, and you still care about them to some degree, even though you know they're awful. Because if they were purely just awful, you wouldn't watch the movie. Yeah. I was actually yeah. talking... Yeah, I, was, I think I was talking to Beverly about The Hateful Eight, because... I was trying to find like the least awful character in it, and uh, it was so... well, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been me. I I fell I was pretty loaded when I I started it, and I I fell asleep pretty early on. But the, yeah, they were all pretty fucking awful in the, in the end of it. Yeah, they really were. But you know, well written, well shot, charismatic people. You're watching awful things, but you know, there's that Hitler bunker film. It's an incredible movie. 
but it is about Hitler. <laughs> and there are a few less sympathetic characters than Hitler, let's be fair. I mean, Deadwood ha- was phenomenally written, phenomenally acted, but racist as, and misogynistic as fuck. Well, it had to be. I know. I know. We talk about like whitewashing the Hollywood, you know, casting Scarlett Johansson and everything. But, but there is that concept of like doing the same thing with like history, and like you know, and and being like you know, like, like Disney loves to do this. It's like, oh, hey, here's this, here's our fairy tale set in like you know, in the olden times. And oh, but, but the heroine knows kung fu, you know. <laughs> and no one's dying of plague. But it does kind of uh, it brings us back round. We could make that argument that there's room to explore these dark natures and whistle past the graveyard but there's the counter argument that maybe it normalizes bad behavior and bad attitude but unless you go far enough i mean like i I said on the panel with uh space puppies if if you start out naming your protagonist duke white power (laughs) if you don't get that this is satire then shame on you yeah it's like drew has a character called the whitest knight yeah who dresses in a fucking clan hood is the character's super suit. <laughs> you better know that yeah. this guy's an mm. asshole. Well, that says kind of under the umbrella of absurdism. And I would hope to me, if something's suitably absurd, and then I'm quite happy to watch anything. If I feel it's when it's, if it feels mean spirited to me, that's when I start paying a bit more attention. But Again, hate even hateful eight didn't seem mean spirited to me. It was just seemed to be exploring awful people. You know, it's kind of the Magnificent Seven. If everyone was a complete prick, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah. And the, and there was one more person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Magnificent Seven. Seven using three musketeers math. <laughs> I don't think we have or necessarily should come to a conclusion on this. I think we're all... Oh, I don't think there is one. You know, comedy writers in a time when everything's getting a lot of scrutiny, and maybe that's a good thing, but... And we keep waiting for shingles to get that scrutiny. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Oh, Christ. Where's the outrage? um, Yeah, if y'all know anybody who wants to lead a boycott, especially like a really big newsworthy boycott shingles could use some love i don't know if i I shared this with you guys or if i put it on a podcast or not but um there were we had this activity at work where people had to kind of gather around get in a team to say what are we really positive about work and then we're like okay well what are we really proud of outside of work people like oh i lost weight oh i I ran a marathon it's like shit what have i got what have i got i went oh i recently (laughs) published a book I don't really shout about what I do at work. So everybody's like, oh, I didn't know you wrote a book. I was like, yeah, yeah. And they got their phones out. I was like, oh, what's it called? I'll look it up. It's like, ah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I can't actually tell you what it's called. It's like, oh, well, you don't be embarrassed. It's like, no, it'll, it'll be a human resources incident, mate. I can't tell you what it's called. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's when you just tell them about the totally legend of Brandon Thymaster. <laughs> so I really do hope that people can... I guess separate these purposeful divings into dark territory and not assume that we are all just a bunch of evil cunts. <laughs> you know, that is my fondest <laughs> hope for this podcast and our creative endeavors. Yes. We only play evil cunts on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
and, and only for SAG scale or better. <laughs> also, I think that if, if we do offend, let us know. Yeah. We may not. We may not change our behavior. We may think, okay, I was going for the joke, and I'm going to keep going for the joke. But I think that the people, I think that the guy who messaged messaged us about Rick's Rick's thing on everything is John was perfectly reasonable, yeah. I was, and I felt like you guys had a good exchange talking about yeah. it. Yeah, I was going to say there's a vast difference between coming to us and like saying something that way versus uh, say one of the uh, one of the commenters on uh, on one of Bevan's like paid paid ads there. Yeah, you'll just get <laughs> Bevan, man. That's yeah. all. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of one of those like, you, you come at us like an evil cunt and you're going to get treated like an evil cunt. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and for the record, none of us are going to handle that ourselves. We're all giving that to Bevan. <laughs> oh, am I, am I allowed to do that on Authors and Dragons? Oh shit. He's letting the genie out of the bottle now. So <laughs> like, wait, you mean I didn't have to be nice to people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've had this conversation when I was lucky enough to go to Con Carolinas and have a few drinks with people. It's come up. Some, some of the things we say aren't for everybody. But, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to go down some dark alleyways. And sometimes you'll go, oh shit, this is too dark before we do. But rest assured, we'll yeah. always come back into the light. Yeah. I mean, shit. Half on any given day, some of the things we say aren't aren't good for us. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, I think I think as we've mentioned several times, uh, ten years from now, none of us will be employed by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe Joe. Yeah. Joe is conspicuously absent from this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Joe will have the <laughs> deniability in the form of, the, of one word. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Disney material. <laughs> I'm glad we have this conversation because this is a conversation I do genuinely enjoy having people, you know, yeah. getting on too. a bit. I've seen a few social shifts. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad it's a conversation and not a fucking lynch mob you know, so. I'm glad it's not a lynch mob either because that band was decidedly fucking mediocre <laughs> and that dude never should have left docking I am a fucking child of the 80s that was back when I had my mullet yeah this will be an hour's worth of um, Steve sounding really reasonable and really awesome and the three of the rest of us sounding like the worst fuckers in the universe <laughs> And that's how you can tell who does the yeah. edits. <laughs> I think this podcast might wind up being about 15 minutes long. We'll see. <laughs> Mysteriously, uh, this will be edited in a way where, like, you know, where what Bob just said would be like, I love lynching and Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> just every time we go, so what do you think, Bevan? Well, I like lynching and Hitler. It'll be, it'll be chopped on the, I love lynching uh, and Hitler. <laughs> Ah, oh, I guess what we're really trying to say with this podcast is we're sorry. <laughs> Please keep listening to our podcast. I I think we apologize for ourselves <laughs> almost yes. every week. If you're gonna blame anybody, blame Drew because this is what happens when he goes to Vegas. <laughs> That's right. If the this happens when he's him. here, <laughs> he just cuts it all out. Cuts off his long political tirades that we're too ashamed to share. <laughs> nah, he'll probably cut that. 
<laughs> All right. So everybody feel like they've got that off their chests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I farted a couple of times, so yeah, I feel lighter and I feel like I've lightened the load nice. a little. <laughs> That's lovely. Okay, thanks for listening. And remember, this uh, the side quests are only available because of our generous Patreon uh, donators. So thank you. For We've that. all just abandoned <laughs> us. We've just abandoned us immediately. <laughs> if there are no more side quests after this, then we understand. But thank you. <laughs> thanks for tuning in and donating and enjoying her wacky adventures. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.